Part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, welcome, Carl. So uh, Simon was over. Simon and Marcy were over a couple of days ago, and we got out the uh, Matryoshka dolls, the nesting dolls. Mm-hmm. And uh, Simon loved them. I mean, he was taking them apart and putting them back together. He needed some help putting them back together again. But he was just just fascinated by that. And so as we were putting them together, his mother was coming over and basically throwing things into the nesting doll that don't belong in there. You know, and then she would say, is this the one? And while he was looking around for the top or whatever, she would throw something else in there and say, is this it? And he would go, no. And he, and he pulled it out and would, and would throw it. And then she would get it back and put it in again and put it in again. And he would throw a little further and a little further. But he never, he, he never got like angry about it. And uh, <laughs> one time he almost had it together. He was down to his last, the biggest nesting doll. And he had the, the rest of the dolls were sitting in the base and all he had to do was put the top on. And Tabby came along and put that little, it was like a little plastic bunch of bananas or something, put that on top of the doll. And Simon just goes, <sighs> and <laughs> throws it off and puts the doll. He didn't look at his mother. He just, <sighs> he just huffed and, uh, and then finished putting the, the dolls together. But it was, it was pretty funny. To watch his little display of... Uh, Simon understands some things are out of your control. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get upset. Just do the work that you've been assigned. Just keep on your task. <laughs> some things are well, just... She was, she was pretty annoying. Yeah. Well, she was, but you know... She was pretty annoying. But you know, if you can, if you can learn how to just keep your, your hand to the plow, even when somebody's annoying you, then you're going to be more productive in the long is run. Is it his age? Is that why he does that? Because mm-hmm. he's only two well, and he doesn't know that he, that he should fly off the handle and shout at the person that's some of it's antagonizing him? Some kids are shorter fused than others. And some kids are more quick to blame. Some people are more quick to fight with others. Well, it's the difference between recognizing that there is somebody directly responsible for your for your frustration, for your frustration or right. or it's raining outside and there's but, nothing you can well, do but about it. We do it. tend to be quick to blame others for our frustration even when that's not appropriate. Like naturally people tend to assume that somebody especially kids because they're used to people solving their problems for them. They're used to somebody meeting their needs and so I'm hungry, I cry, my mommy feeds me, you know, or I'm I'm sick and I cry and my mommy takes care of me. And so, yeah, it is a little interesting that he's frustrated and his mommy is the one doing it and he doesn't cry to let her know that he doesn't like that. Yeah, kids are usually more opinionated than that. Right. And if it were Marcy, if it were his big sister who was being annoyed... Well, he, she's older. He pro- no, no, no. I was going to say, if, you're, if his mom was teasing Marcy, he might then... 
Oh, I see. Rise up and defend her. Because when it comes to somebody bothering Marcy. He's very Marcy, chivalrous when oh it comes goodness. to his big sister. He will he will puff up his chest. <laughs> he will square up with somebody six times taller than he is. He does. Yeah. He squares up with Colin. Yeah. And he's half his size. Yeah. And he do, you can't understand him. He speaks Minionese. He's like, But he'll point his chubby finger at you. And his brow is furrowed. He's got a big scowl on his face. You do not mess with his sister. You can understand. Colin, and then and then you'll hear Marcy. (laughs) Don't do that to my sister. Roughly translated, done that many times. Yeah. So, so yeah, but he's patient for the most part, and we could all learn. I could learn a thing or two about that. I was convicted yesterday by a parenting, uh, a discussion on parenting, um, on the bright hearth, bright hearth or hearth. It looks like hearth, but I think it's pronounced hearth. Like a fireplace, you know? Right. Wouldn't that be hearth? Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? Isn't a hearth and a hearth the same thing? But I want to say it the correct way. Anyway, the podcast is called The Bright H-E-A-R-T-H, something. right? Yeah. So H-E-A-R-T is heart. Right. Hearth. Hearth. Um, and they were just talking about how sometimes we're tempted to like... H-E-A-R-S-E is hearse. Right. I know. That's why I don't know what the pronunciation is. Okay, go ahead. But they were saying sometimes, like, if there's a lot of noise going on in, in the home, you have to be present to figure out, you have to be very careful to figure out whether something wrong is happening or something sinful is happening. Like, if your kids are doing something wrong, like, is Silas sinning right now because he's banging he's in He's banging the away on his clay. Or is it just something that he is, he's enjoying himself, he's living his life here in this home that's he's also He's completely his. oblivious to what we're doing. Yes. So I would say he's not sinning. Right. And no. and how easy it is for a parent, especially with a lot of kids, to get overwhelmed with the noise, but no one person is doing something wrong. They're just, it's just a They're noisy They're just collectively making noise. Yeah. And it's really easy to be like, shh, you know, mommy needs a break. And it, what, what should be done. And then they all go, why is she shushing us? Because right. they're unaware of the noise level because they're right. focused on their thing their thing and and maybe they're maybe they're even doing good like maybe they're sharing and they're chatting happily and they're, well, using, they're laughing they're laughing uproariously you guys did that many times in the back seat you well, were super loud and again it takes judicious you know thinking you have to be careful to accurately evaluate what's going on because there are there are times where they're laughing like hyenas because they're greatly enjoying something at another person's expense or they're, well, sure. you know, carrying sure. on and cackling and they've been told, Hey guys, you know, we're trying to find a place we've never been before. And we need you to be a little quiet and be considerate of the driver because the driver's trying to focus. Why and, would they possibly think about the driver well, now having never driven? It doesn't themselves. matter. Now they're disobeying. If we say you need to be quiet because the driver needs to focus and they continue cackling like hyenas, now this is not a joyful noise before the Lord. This is now just straight up disobedience. And so right. it takes it takes a lot of evaluation. Your point is that it requires discernment and right. constant surveying right. to see what's this, actually happening. Is this naughty noise or is this joyful noise right and yeah. the, and the temptation is to be if you're if you're quick tempered um then your temptation is to is to lash out at, right. at all of those behaviors at that the you same find time annoying. right and what ends up happening is you're you're teaching them stuff but you're conveying the wrong message about happiness and about laughter and actually this might be a good segue because i think what we were going to talk about was 
um, being chided for laughing and being in making jokes in the wrong yes, context. Yes, because you raised a great point last week about uh, because someone was chiding me for. Uh, I don't remember the subject. I don't either. Oh, oh, it was about people who quit going to church. We were mocking that's people it. who have decided ex-evangelicals. Right. People who are like, that's it. They take their ball and go home. That's it. I'm not a church person anymore. And then they come back to my page and lecture me because I'm not being Christ-like. That yes. was what was going on. Yes. And the, I, I don't suffer those people very well. No. Or I suffer them really well, depending on your perspective. Well, it takes um, some judicious thinking to figure it out. It takes some judicious evaluation. Right. But, yeah, I, I was being lectured by some guy who was no longer a Christian, and he was lecturing me on how I was basically a bad Christian witness. And I just pointed out the irony in that, which he never got, but some of the people who were reading thought that I was uh, too aggressive, too blunt, unloving, well, blah, here, blah, blah. Here was my comment on the matter. See, I can't believe how fast you find those things. It takes me forever. Well, I had some notifications. Hey, Silas Lee. Re Silas really does just have a little mound of clay and some cookie it's cutters. It's actually sand. It's kinetic sand. Well, it's it's, but but I'm not going to try and explain to Carl what that sit, is. Can you take your sand it onto the like, floor? It sounds like there's about the six floor, little please? boys wrestling at the end of the table, doesn't it? Take it down. But on the it's floor not. And you can it's play just with it. one boy. It's just one little boy. With clay and cookie a cutters. Giant bowl of and he's making sand. that much noise all by himself. He likes himself. to sing when he's playing. He sings, sings and he's himself. very jolly. We've you talked about that You can climb down on the floor, too. You don't he have is, to sit in your chair is, and <laughs> try is, to play with the bowl the that's picture. on the floor now. He is the picture of jolliness yes. when he is in his own world. When he's sick, which he was sick last week with a really high fever, It like we like got to 105 at one point and i was like holy cow my both my boys just burn really hot sometimes um you mckinney boys but when he's feeling puny he feels really puny but when he wakes up what's funny is the very next day after his high fever and he wakes up feeling fine he laid around all day like i literally he got up off the couch to go to the bathroom twice and once he accidentally wet the couch because mm -hmm. he didn't get up because he couldn't get up that's how you know when they're sick is when they just lay around terrible he was yeah. falling asleep like he was in and out of consciousness he yeah. would wake up for a few minutes at a time and then go right back to sleep well again. with that high of fever yeah yeah he felt bad mm -hmm. so he and he tried like he never actually vomited there were no other symptoms except he told me his muscles were hurting and he just was really hot and so he like he felt bad and he kind of wanted to throw up. He asked for the bucket, but nothing <laughs> ever happened. He just felt terrible. Uh -huh. So then the next the day worst. he wakes I, up. Yeah, I hate having to sit with the empty bucket. <laughs> nothing and, came and up. Nothing comes out. Uh, but the next day he come he comes down the stairs and I said, actually I was in the bathroom, so I he comes in where I was and he goes. He goes, hi, mom. And I said, hi, buddy. How do you feel today? And he looks, he like wheels around, <laughs> looks me in the eyes and like locks eyes with me. And he goes, so great. <laughs> <laughs> like, like compared with yesterday. Uh -huh. he, he remembers how awful he felt <laughs> yesterday. And just like today, so great. So great. Like he gasped and it was like, so, so great so great which is i think there's a i think there's a lesson there for all of us that that's that's part of the benefits of suffering yeah part of the benefits of suffering is when it's over How you have a new you appreciation feel? for normal for like baseline yeah for just not for just not feeling terrible not feeling quite that bad 
is, so, uh, is a great thing. So that was his bout with sickness. But yeah, most of the time, even on just a normal so day, great. he sings and... You know, he does. Hum, he hums to himself. He does, in, in, unless he becomes aware that he's being watched, and then it, it kind of disrupts his... Right. His, but he's uh, not embarrassed so. by it. Like, no. He no. will continue if, you know, if he still has more song in his heart. Mm-hmm. If there's still more lyrics to be sung, then he'll he'll proceed. So anyway, um, what so I was... So your comment was... What I was saying was, I wrote a I comment. I feel bad sometimes about writing things and then forgetting that I've written them, because sometimes we'll get... Sometimes people will comment, you know, on this and that, and and I'm like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. But. Yeah, I don't know where what you're. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Like, okay, see, that's what I mean. That's what I'm talking about. I, I write a lot of stuff, and we right. talk about stuff on the podcast, and then I and then I forget, and so when people reference it, I'm I'm not always sure what they're talking about. But go ahead. Um. So I wrote. I quit going to church because I love using my story as an example when I judge people on social media. Yes. It's really easy to say to them, you're the reason I don't go to church anymore. And then all the churchgoers apologize and fall all over themselves to try winning me back. Yes, they do. Why would I go back? I'm way more powerful out here pointing fingers at the people in there. <laughs> yes. Hashtag me evangelical and me evangelical was really good that, that was the first hashtag? time me evangelical i've never yeah. heard that i mean i surely somebody has said that before surely, surely. it's in my subconscious somewhere because i've read it surely but i don't have any it. recollection of reading that anywhere else and i love it because it so accurately encapsulates so many people who grew up in church these days yeah well and i think i said something um recognizing that you were being satirical i think i said something about no. You oh, well, you said you probably believe God is pleased with your sarcasm, don't yeah. you? And I said, he's pleased with everything I say or do, and he's displeased with everything white males like you say or do. Right. So, And that was that was enough. Most people, most people got it. Most people got they it. They saw what we were doing there. I just I just did uh, Duck, Duck, Go for Me Evangelical and found nothing. Oh, my goodness. We need to make this a new... We need to make this our next book, just mm-hmm. just so we can lay claim to it yep. before anyone else. So yeah, that I I picked up on the satire. Not everybody did. I had a couple. I somebody actually wrote me a private message. I sent that to you, and, and it's said, like this person is, says posing, they work for you. Somebody's posing as your employee, and obviously they couldn't work for you with how completely disrespectful right. they're being. They, they said they work for you, but judging by their words, I suspect that this is not true. Yeah. So I had to go in and vouch for you. And say, yes, actually, that person does work that for me. That person does work for me. That person, that person grew up in my house. was not being serious, which that is a thing was, that comedians sometimes are okay with. It's one of the things that I kind of appreciate about this person. That person is over that there. she... So some people did. Some people didn't get that it was a joke. Others, however, one in particular, got the joke and still disapproved of it because heaven forbid you make light of people leaving the church. And this right. was you what, had that quote. Well, actually, first the first quote I liked. I thought it was funny because I thought he was doing a thing with us. <laughs> I really did. I thought he was kidding. Oh, I know what you're talking about now. I thought you were talking about the guy that I went back and forth with, but there was there were several people. No, and there was you this engaged dude. a different guy than what I engaged. This dude said, Amanda, comments like yours trivialize people who've legitimately been hurt by church members, and it's a huge reason people don't go to church. Right. And which was, was the whole subject of that's your the post. The whole subject of the post. People and so claiming you, they don't go to church anymore because of and me. You 
thought that was he like, was <laughs> that he was piling on to the uh, satire. Yeah, I was yeah. like, hey, he gets it. Like we're friends now. Yeah. And so I clicked the laugh react, and that was it. But then some other people engaged him and tried to defend me. They were right. like, no, this he's actually. She, she's his daughter, you know, they're just being funny. They're like, just playing. And he kept doubling down. He was like, oh, I know what she was doing. People are either Christ's representatives on earth or they aren't. If you send someone to deliver a message and then they treat me like garbage, it's probably <laughs> going to affect my opinion of you. I'm not saying it's right for them to reject Christ over this, but this is the sort of t- logic to it that they have. Like the logic right. is that people it, like Amanda are going to drive And that's away. what I was writing about again in the post. I was addressing all of that. Yeah. The idea that you're that you're throwing Jesus away because there are Christian hypocrites is is silly. Silly. It's silly. Yeah. And I wrote a comment that was showing the silliness of it in a slightly different fashion by pretending to be one of those people who leaves the church for a silly reason. Right. And it got the point across. And uh, this, this other lady said, "Everyone gets hurt by people, and you've also hurt people." And the guy came back and said, "That's true, but instead of preaching Christ versus people, Amanda here." He's still talking about me, and right. I haven't even talked to him yet. <laughs> right, she hasn't even been engaged. Amanda here is calling people whiners <laughs> after church, and church people might have caused legitimate trauma. Amanda's calling people whiners after they might have experienced legitimate, legitimate trauma. Legitimate trauma. At church. He's reading between the lines of my satirical character now. He's right. like worried that my satirical character might have actually experienced legitimate that trauma. That there are people out there who are not going to church, and they are far from the kingdom, and they will never... Allow themselves be to be impacted by the gospel because you have so grievously wounded them. Because I posed as a silly person on social media and they were worried that it sounded too much like them. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's probably that's not what they were aware of. Literally his qualm is, you sound like somebody <laughs> sound I like know. Me. You sound like a person I might know who might have actually been hurt by, by church people. Yeah. And it's like, well, that person sounds silly. Well, it's it is silly. It's it's a, you're a silly person if you go to church and get wounded by some by some doofus at church, and so you say that's it. I'm not going to go to church anymore. And so that's exactly who I was writing to. He continued. Um, there are some very abhorrent things that happen in churches, and when outsiders see people at church do these things, maybe even done toward the outsider, then they associate church with those bad things that happened. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Stop trivializing people's trauma. People are assaulted in church, and worse. If you want to preach Christ, telling people they're whining for having trauma from church or church people is not the way to do it. Which I didn't say. Neither did I. Nobody, no, I never used the word, well, I might have used the word whining, but it He's wasn't. talking specifically about me. But it me. wasn't because people who were being, uh, because people are being assaulted he, in church. Right. He's reading, again, he's responding specifically to me and my comment, and he's making up this background story for a character <laughs> so I invented. Yeah, people, people read whatever's going on in their head. That's, the, that's what colors everything that they read unless right. they're aware of our human tendency to do that of our of our human tendency to take my personal circumstances and perspective right. and read that into everything that everybody says to me right so i just at that point i responded to him and i said dang it i thought you were kidding <laughs> that's, that's all cute. i said <laughs> crap I thought, I thought we were having I thought a, you were a funny guy not I a totally we were crazy partnered up and having a little 
having a laugh here. I thought you were funny and creative and and in the know, not some weird killjoy who has to like <laughs> come up with the worst case scenario who, for everything. Not some person who actually is the reason that people are leaving right. church. Right. So we, I mean, we went back and forth a little bit, but I was just, I just wasn't in the mood to really help him. You never got him, did you? You never. He responded. You never turned the corner, did he? No. He responded to me and said, "I um." She was trivial. You were trivial trivializing the trauma in satirizing the non-believer. Mm-hmm. It's trivializing trauma when you satirize the non-believer. Well, that's probably both of those things are true. I I probably did trivialize the trauma. No, I I think you have to understand because unless it, it, because I think that trauma is trivial. That's not what they mean. It, they use it's, trauma when they're referring to like murder and rape. Like they. They use the word trauma because right. well, it's, how often does that happen in it church? It doesn't, but it doesn't matter. They use those examples in their head when they're thinking of people who leave the church, and then they change the rules when they've got some, you know, brat teenager who leaves the church and is mad about it, and they use the same word trauma, which now conjures up all of the same feelings, the same, the same fears, the same negative emotions that come with like high level trauma. Right. And now they've attached it to I just feel mad when I think about church. Like they, they don't distinguish between the two. Well, and they're justifying that feeling because trauma to them is rape and murder. Well, right. trauma is that. And so those it's like, things. how could you trivialize yeah. those things? How could you, right. how could you say that those things, how could you mock people He's who have been murdered in church? Right, exactly. He's convinced. <laughs> he hasn't, he doesn't even remember what my comment that? was at this point. What like, a monster I am. If he I were d- to go back and read it, he would probably be shocked at what it says because in his mind, I was Trivializing trauma. He said it six times. Thousands and thousands of people every single week are murdered in their yeah. local church. And Assaulted. you're laughing about it. Assaulted and worse. Yeah. He actually said, do you have any, even the slightest idea what kind of trauma people experience at church? <laughs> Clearly he, I don't. He used the word I trauma had no idea. <laughs> eight times, I think, in the back and forth. He Every time he kept Clearly, insisting. I am I was, oblivious to the amount of trauma. Trauma that people are experiencing in church. I was trivializing trauma. He insisted over and over. And again, my comment was, I left the church because I like telling my story to get power over other people. Right. Nobody is going to cop to that. Nobody's going to say, no, oh, no yeah, one's going to admit that. That's me. I'm I'm doing it for that reason, which right. means that I was not trivializing anybody's story because nobody's going to lay claim to that story. <laughs> nobody's going to say, oh, she's talking about me. She's talking about me. That's what I do. But I really do think if that guy went back and read the comment again, he would be like, wait a minute. I don't remember this. Hold on a second. That doesn't say what I thought it said. That doesn't say what I recall it saying. I wrote this when I had 104 fever. (laughs) I probably should stay offline when my brain is boiling. Just over and over again, you know, using certain phrases like that. They're emotionally powerful. Like, it's psychologically powerful. When when you say trauma or assault or... well, what's, well, those are the two big ones. Abuse, abuse is abuse another is one. Abuse is a huge one, yeah. That we that people will hurl at you. Well, you're abusing, you're abusing women right. with articles and, like and this. And here's and the truth. Like, I guess you're going to have to explain to me what you mean by abuse. Here's, here's the truth, and I'm not being satirical or or exaggerating in this regard. It is abusive for some ex-evangelical to wag their finger at me, to thump me over the head with a Bible, that they refuse to be accountable to themselves. Sure. It is abusive for somebody to leave my church 
because they claim it was full of judgmental people and then go spread the word to everyone else how judgmental we are, which is an act of judgment. For being judgmental. That's abusive and yep. hypocritical. And so the yep. trauma I experience is when some, again, some school mom comes up and wags their finger at me because they think I'm having way too much fun over here, accurately satirizing what's going on with these people who are leaving church. Like that's, that is traumatizing. It's frustrating that when we go to laugh when we go to have a good time making light of what is a silly situation, somebody who thinks they're still a church member, they, they pose as a brother or a sister, tries to stop the party when they're like, no, no, stop. You can't do that. We have to take these people out here who are abusing us more seriously. You're trivializing their trauma. He, I would say that this guy is trivializing mine and also failing he's to... He's actually creating yours. He's creating mine, trivializing it, yeah. and failing to... This is the important thing that we talked about a couple of days ago. Is he's failing to um, failing to do what the Bible prescribes for him to do, which is laugh with those who laugh. Can you, Emery? Can you sit that on the floor too? Like Silas need to sit his on the floor. It's funny how when we start podcasting, they get on the table with their various toys. They're, They're working. <laughs> it's time to work. It's their various toys. We're working. That, yeah. Emery's working on her light bright. Yeah, that's fine. Here, you sit it down there. It's fine, but but all of the toys that they select are toys that. Thump and bump and yes. crash and rattle. And it's a very, it's a very loud career. It's very loud. That they have. It's very loud. Uh, but productions. Um, but what am I saying? What was I saying? Oh, we have as a culture as Christians, we have got the weep with those who weep down pat. Oh man, we love it. We've been we, we love to mourn with those who mourn. Like if Jesus shows up again in the flesh tomorrow, that he's going to do nothing but cry. I hope. I hope when Jesus comes back, he finds us sitting together just wailing about how any idea how much trauma is in the church awful do you think jesus knows how much trauma is in the church yes and that's why he will cry non-stop when he gets there will be yes how long will it take how long will it take for us to start laughing and rejoicing in heaven in heaven oh it'll be at least a thousand years of mourning first you think so hang on i have to parent We, we have a we have a culture a church culture that absolutely loves to mourn and sympathize and quote show compassion for people who are suffering and uh, our idea of bearing one another's burdens always 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 means that you very serious you very seriously and somberly uh weep and and feel bad you just collectively send feelings of bad of badness towards the people who are also suffering. You you reflect their own uh, bad feelings back at them, and that is how we minister to people who are suffering. And uh, obviously you can't argue with the scripture. It says there's a season for everything. And so we are supposed to weep with those who weep. That's a, a biblical precedent, but Amanda's point was a couple of days ago and i thought this was great because the bible also says we're supposed to laugh with those who laugh and that is the thing that as soon as we start laughing there's always a christian out there who says hey you guys are supposed to be mourning the bible says you're supposed to mourn with those who mourn and this is a person who's suffered trauma this is a person who's been abused this is a person who's hurting how dare you how dare you try to make light of this how dare you try to find something to laugh about yeah. while this person is hurting. Right, right. And the idea that that's what's 
going to encourage them to stay at church too. It's just bogus. Like, like people are not going to stick around at church because we cry all the time. That's not, that's not true. It's just not true that what they really need the most from Christians is for us to, to sob and, and never get around to any sort of joyfulness. Yeah. You're singing from my page. I, I have actually written, um, that, that sympathy doesn't help. There are however many my, my billions of people in the world. You. Like you will never get around to weeping with all of them. No. You have to find some reason to laugh. And oh, ooh, I have a quote too. Especially if the person th- that you are trying to help is not able to see what's funny. Right. Um, you know, if you're if if they're drowning in sorrow and despair and hopelessness, for you to slog down there with them. And, uh, and and roll around in the despair, that doesn't help either one of you. But if you are able to see the, uh, the humor, if you're able to see some of the whimsy that is also present in all suffering, well, that does have some benefits. Did I already read the Chesterton quote on the podcast? I don't I know, but we were read? just talking about how it's okay to repeat stuff. Yeah, well, I want to, I wanted to read it. And then I didn't have the occasion until recently. Hey, don't we have a sound effect for that? Oh, we do. But I don't remember which one it is. Let's see. It's not that. No, it'll take... It's we weren't we weren't prepared for possibly this. Possibly this one? Let's try it. Okay. Nope. nope. That was Caden. We're starting. See? Nope. Nope. Oh, this is uh, Four Sisters stuff. Okay. So... Is it this one? I don't know. Why aren't they labeled? <laughs> Okay, we're on the right soundboard. That's, that's your clown That's mouth squeak. honk. G.K. Chesterson. That's the one. <laughs> that's it. G.K. Chesterson. G.K. Chesterson. Chesterson. <laughs> I will, All right. Yes, you can read it to Cammie if she'll listen. Ninja. If she doesn't want to listen, though, I'm you'll just do it have again. to wait. G.K. Chesterson. <laughs> okay. And then everybody laughs. You can, you can, you can even hear you going, <laughs> on the end of that. Um, okay. So this is a quote that I My found in a homeschool book the other day about how you have to be more lighthearted in order to survive parenting and homeschooling. And this is from G.K. Chesterton. It says, The tattered cloak of the beggar will bear him up like the raid plumes of the angels, but the kings in their heavy gold and the proud in their robes of purple will all of their nature, uh, will all of their nature sink downwards. For pride cannot rise to levity or levitation. Pride is the downward drag of all things into an easy solemnity. An easy solemnity. An easy solemnity. Yes. One settles down into a sort of selfish seriousness, but one has to rise to a gay self-forgetfulness. A man falls into a brown study, but he reaches up at a blue sky. Seriousness is not a virtue. It would be a heresy to say, but a much more sensible heresy, to say that seriousness is a vice. So it's not a vice either, but it could be. That's basically what I think that means. It's not quite a vice. Seriousness is not a virtue, though. It is really a natural trend or lapse into taking oneself gravely because it's the easiest thing to do. It's much easier to write a good Times leading article than a good joke in the punch. And I'm guessing the punch was an article was a like a periodical back then? Yep, it was. Okay. It's a magazine. I didn't I context clues, Carl. I figured that out all on my own. I'd never heard of it before, but um, he says it's easier to write a Times article than a good joke. Yeah. 
Um, He's right about that. Four, <clears throat> solemnity flows out of men. But it gets easier men. to write jokes if you practice. It, it does. But, for, but solemnity flows out of men naturally, but laughter is a leap. It's easy to be heavy, hard to be light. Satan fell by the force of gravity. Mm-mm-mm. G.K. Chesterson. Way to go, Chesterson. Satan's <laughs> good. I got to stop saying Chesterson things. because I'm going to forget how it's actually pronounced. Thank you, Emmy. But we are not going to talk about that right now. Um, to the table or to the kitchen. Yes. Our, our church culture, and this may be our church culture. We may not be speaking to Carl. Carl's situation may be different from ours. <clears throat> Because I believe that there probably are some churches out there that have got a pretty good handle on laughter, on laugh, laughter, Do you think satire. So? Yeah, I, there has to be. So we can't be the only source well, of I feel laughter like in the universe. In my, I think even in my life, like this is something that's been convicting to me. And here I am sitting at the comedian's table, raised mm. by the comedian, and I tend toward seriousness with much more ease. Than levity, like yeah, you do, and well, so, so do I. It, I. I think that like social media as has definitely driven this, and like the negative news. Social media has driven how much? How much of this uh, a philosophy of this age has seeped into us, even oh, yeah. though we're aware of it? Oh yeah, we even know what's going on, and we're still, and we're falling, still victim falling victim to this trouble. mindset that yes. says, "Oh, you're right. I should not have laughed. I should, I should keep my." Keep my joke to myself because now is not the time. Now is not the time for satire. Now is not the time for a witty uh, punchline because people are hurting. People are hurting. And if you, if you make a joke, that is a disrespectful thing. You are diminishing their suffering. You are diminishing their hardship. And it is ungodly and unholy and that's just not true um i think that the i think the culture's wrong and i think there are a lot of christians that are wrong what do you think colin i think that's really true colin thinks that's really true everyone does bad stuff in their life everyone does bad stuff in their life you guys and Sometimes the bad stuff is uh, sometimes the bad stuff is the cause of the trauma. That's the reason. Sometimes the reason that you are getting uh, abused by me in my writings or on this podcast is because you're doing bad stuff. Some I heard someone say to me that sometimes if you do something bad. You can flip it around and make it be something good. You think so? Yeah. Well, you can make uh, you can get forgiveness. That's what that's what uh, Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus took the blame for all your bad stuff, so you can get forgiveness. But the only way that you get forgiveness is if you recognize that what you did was wrong. And here's the rub. Here's the rub. Most of the people who we've encountered at least, most of the vocal people that we've encountered are not interested in admitting that what they've done was wrong. What they're primarily interested in doing is shaming me for pointing out that they did something wrong. They did something wrong. It's uh, not my it's not my job, so they, so they say. When you say and everyone does wrong. 
Yep, they don't like it when they when I say that everybody does wrong. And the ex-evangelicals, the people who have left the church, many of them have left the church so that they can turn around and wag their finger back at me and say, you're the reason that I don't go to church anymore because you were judgmental and you abused me and assaulted me and judged me and you should not have done that. So now that's the reason I left the church. Don't don't do that, Ems. Um, And... The, the problem with that that I have is not that they left the church. If they just left the church because they were annoyed, um, that's, that's fine. They, they, can, they can leave. They can run as far away as they want. The problem is that all they do is they run out the door of the church, and then they turn around and yell back into the church at me uh, about how I'm the reason that they left. And it's like, okay, if you're going to leave, then leave. Go, Don't just go out the door, but actually get in your car, put your car in gear, and drive away. Drive far, far away. But it's not okay for you ex-evangelicals. Well, you have wondered. It's not okay for you guys to, quote, leave the church and then stand, the in, and stand in the parking lot. <laughs> I'm just now walking back in the room, and I'm seeing Emery with her sunglasses mm-hmm. contributing random phrases. Mommy, yeah, she's just firing things into the Mommy, microphone. Oh, yeah. So Maybe what happened with Silas? What? He just, that's what happens at the, when he's tired. Yeah, sometimes he's still not totally 100%. Oh, we have left home. Okay, Emery, let's, <laughs> let's not do it anymore. <laughs> Mommy, I'm um, done. <laughs> yeah, we have to decide sick. whether we're being naughty or whether we're just being... Being yeah. jolly. Yeah. Well, now she would be naughty if she was saying right. things in the mic because I said no more. But but they were jolly before. They were jolly. Colin um, Colin added some content. He said 15 words. He said 15 words, which mm-hmm. it's all about the word count around here. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to say intelligent things so much as we just want to say a we lot We just want to fill up the page. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we want a lot of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, Silas just every now and then he just can't handle life anymore and so so he needs to go to bed i gave him a i gave him a fruit pouch and i put him in his bed and i said you just need a little rest before we go to the gym tonight because we're going to go to the ymca and he goes i don't want to go and remember what i said to you like when he's jolly he's really jolly but just every now and then he's not jolly he doesn't feel so good right now he's having a hard time getting in touch with just 10 minutes ago he was a little ray of sunshine i know it happens very quickly it does so anyway, well, that's an, there's another lesson there too that like never, never make big, sweeping, important, permanent decisions when you feel temporarily bad. Yeah. Oh yes, and don't yell. I don't want to do thing that you actually do that love. You really doing. do love because yeah. I believe that he doesn't want to do that right now. I believe he doesn't want to go to the Y, but I also believe that if I said okay, we're not going, he would freak out. Yeah, he will, and he will feel differently. After he wakes up from a nap. Yeah. He will feel differently in two seconds if I say, okay, right. we won't go. But. All right. This is, these are the things that it's, it's helpful if you can learn them when you're young, when you're small and you can make these sort of well, mistakes. It's when helpful. You're young. And then you come to find out that even as a grown up, we have these exact same situations cropping up with slightly different details and you go, oh, I thought I did learn this when I was a kid. And it turns out mm. that I haven't. 
Like well, the but, other day. But, you, but the fact that we're having this conversation means that it, it's less likely that you and I are going to be the ex-evangelicals shouting at the church people. Right, right. But I'm not talking about like... years from now. I'm not talking about storming out of the church necessarily. I'm talking about like literally a week ago today probably or maybe a week ago Thursday because those are our two gym days. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of those days last week I was in the car and Luke was driving and I was just in a foul mood and I knew it and I was aware of it, like conscious of it and still... That didn't really change much. It didn't change your. It didn't change the way you felt, but you acknowledged that it was a foul mood. I acknowledged. I you acknowledge it now. You didn't take. You didn't. Yeah, you acknowledged it. I acknowledge it now, but like at the time, it. I couldn't even really do anything. I couldn't trust myself to say anything because right. I was just. But the fact be a that grub. you couldn't trust yourself that that's the that's the whole ball game right there is yeah. knowing. That you're in a foul mood and you're and you're uncertain about the things that you're thinking and saying. It's wild, man. But but to not be able to do that, though, that's what causes people to. I was I was rereading the uh, blog post from a couple of years ago about that worship minister who who left the church. Mm-hmm. Remember the one that that we lost work over this, and there was a big huge blow up from. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I was rereading those comments, and it's. It's the same stuff. It's the, it's the same stuff that we were that we're talking about today. These right. these self righteous people coming like in, that. protecting you, protecting this apostate, this guy who had who made a living for ten years, singing songs and collecting a paycheck, uh, uh, professing things that he didn't believe. Right. You know, you're the reason that he's leaving. Lying to people because you're saying true, but uh, but sharp things. Right, and I was true, but pointed things. Well, I was saying things from the perspective of somebody who was trying to defend the body of Christ. I was trying to defend the church, and it turns out that that particular church didn't want to be defended. They they wanted to attack me for calling him out. I, I guarantee you that they're doing the same thing with their small children at home too. Like they're trying to keep them at church by being really nice to them and mm-hmm. you know, by not telling them true things because the true things might upset them and it's not going to work there either. But my heart actually goes out to them because I think that they are aware on some level that they don't know what they're doing. I think it's fear that's causing them to lash out at you. I think that they're actually looking, many of them at least are looking for some, some answers. You may be right. It sure doesn't sound like fear when they, when no, they say rage. The, stu- the stuff that they said to you in particular. Oh yeah. That, they were mean. Yeah. But I'm used to people. I'm used to small, angry people <laughs> lashing out at me when I say well, things I am that they're now not too, But yeah. These were not small people. These were grown-up adults, and several of them were actually staff members, oh, ministers, yeah. worship ministers, leadership, wives of elders, and leadership things. in but the that's church. Why that I was say what telling I'm me that I was not a the Christian. The fact that leaders and, are this lost and actually so lost that they're leaving the church to move in with gay lovers, like mm-hmm. that, tells me that there there's a problem and that people are freaking out because they kind of recognize the problem but they don't sure. know what to do about it. And here's what I'm saying: they need to be taught how to laugh they need your we need more people repeating the message that we're repeating on this podcast because 
it's just through that's how children learn and we were you and I were talking about this a little earlier too like rote memorization has got kind of a bad rap we associate it with brainwashing we want you know we want to let children unschool and go learn on their own like we want them to just go out and play barefoot in a woods and call that education and just discover truth on their own but the way that we learn is actually through just a whole lot of repetition right and so what's being repeated right now is the stuff that was in that comment thread and the stuff that the guy said to me this last week about how this is why people are leaving the church. So people believe it literally purely because they've heard it a hundred million times. Right. Not because they've experienced that it's true or because they've determined that it's true. It's because they've just heard it over and over and over. And now they're regurgitating it themselves. Right. As if it was, as if if it was was true. true. Right. And so now what we need is to just somebody somewhere join us in saying a hundred million times, you need to learn how to laugh, laugh, at silliness, laugh at godless behavior, laugh at, I mean, the Bible says that, that God laughs at the people who are depraved, like God laughs at the, and mocks the proud and the people who are um, foolishly continuing to try to live apart from him. And, and you don't hear that ever because you're so busy repeating, this is why people are leaving the church. No, put something true in your mind. So busy repeating, God told us not to judge. Yeah. Right. No, no. Try putting something true in your mind. Like a hundred million times we need to say to these people, you are wrong about what you think and laughter is important. We need to laugh with those who laugh. There is joy in the Lord, real joy. And, um, and on the other side of this discipline, similar to the discipline that I just enacted on my Mm four-year-old on the other side of that is there's fun, there's fellowship, there's going to the YMCA, which he actually loves to do. Like there's a playground there and there's toys in the child watch room and he's going to love it. Um, so his cousins will be there. Don't let your hysterical emotions or your ex evangelical friends, hysterical emotions sway you toward the lies because it's a lie to believe that I'm the reason that people are leaving the church. The, the truth is people are leaving because they're lost and they don't know, they don't know Jesus and, um, they don't laugh enough. And if you, if you actually think that seeing me and my family, um, enjoying each other's company, playing word games, writing satire, like if that's dissuading people from coming to our table or coming to our church, well, we didn't want them there anyway. Right. Sorry. <laughs> right. I wrote, I wrote that article uh, a couple of days ago. I said that there were people, the gist of it was that there were people who were upset with me for suggesting that the people who leave the church are leaving because they're selfish. Right. It was, you know, and it's, kill it, joys. It's not because, yeah, it's not because the church is bad or, but it's because they're selfish. And, uh, I got, I got some pushback on that too, but you can't call I, selfish people what, selfish. What I said, at the they don't end, like that. What I said at the end of that article was basically, thank you for leaving because Sunday is a much more pleasant place. Right. You know, the church is better off without you. Well, if you. If you don't want to be there. I would say in some congregations, I would say right now, unfortunately, m- many churches are full of people who have one foot out the door already. And they're, they're I just cut. wish they would pull the other foot out. Yeah, they're cut from the same cloth. Yeah. I, and yeah. that's, and I, I, I think that that's correct. It, it, why, why stick around? If you're not, if you're not happy in the fellowship, you're not making us happy. Right. Just go. Right. Just go. And, and the, you know what happens? We say, fine, we're not going to the YMCA. And they immediately cry right. about that's, it. And that's what happens. Yeah. I, I, the, the article that I wrote a couple of years ago about this guy, I, I ended with, I ended with, okay, 
Leave. Just leave. Just yeah. shove off. And it's like, that is so unkind. And it's like, he said he wants to leave. <laughs> I'm just saying, do what it is that you say you want to do. But but go away. Stop talking about it. Laugh more. Laugh more, <laughs> Carl. Yeah, or else. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.